We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. What would you do if your loved one or friend started spouting blasphemous insults, convulsing violently, spewing blood, and cursing the Lord's name? You've tried everything medicine, restraints, calling the doctor, and nothing's worked. When all else seems impossible, there's only one explanation that could seem plausible demonic possession. Join us this week as we talk about some of these cases and the real people and seemingly real demons involved. Welcome fellow weirdos um, to this episode of Horror House True Crime in the Car. Um, we hope you're well. We hope you're having a lovely week so far. Um, me and Dom are having an all right week, although we did try and record a bonus episode yesterday that went disastrously wrong. So apologies. It's just going to be the one episode from us this week. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's fine. These things happen. These things happen. We'll blame it on the demon. Um, thank you for being here with us. Um, as always, it is a pleasure to have you. We appreciate you coming back every week to listen to us chat about the things we love best. Um, Dom, how are you? I am good, um, considering I'm running on, like, no sleep, essentially. Night shift life. Um, but no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, we, obviously, I told you yesterday when uh, we were, or before we recorded yesterday's bonus episode, which was was just an absolute everything that could have gone wrong in that recording went wrong uh, so unfortunately that's not going to see the light of day um which is a shame but it is what it is um but i was i was telling you before we recorded i've got a few trips lined up which i'm quite excited about um and my disney trip is is like a month away now so that's, that's very so quick. exciting yeah when, when did i uh, I think I put the deposit in February and obviously I've been paying it off each month and I paid it off um, July, uh, last month I think was when I made my final payment so yeah it, it's it's come around extremely quickly but no I'm, I'm very excited very very excited also very excited to hear this episode um, we don't normally do paranormal centered episodes um even though <laughs> when i recorded our latest promo i say that we talk about paranormal stuff and, and we just don't <laughs> so whoops i mean um, i think we sort of do but... we just don't often focus on it we don't make it like our main thing we said the other day that yeah. we've become very true crime orientated sort of accidentally so it's nice to have a yeah. bit of a yeah. A bit of a change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I've got a paranormal episode coming up, which will probably be next week's episode, um, which I'm excited to talk about. And yeah, like it's nice to like you say do something a little bit a little different. I've just been a bit hesitant to to do a lot of paranormal paranormal episodes because I'm not a skeptic, but at the same time I I don't look at like if if someone's like oh you know this is 
a paranormal thing that happened i'm always like no you can logically explain that i'm I'm not gonna buy that that's paranormal um so yeah i don't know if i'm the right person to talk about paranormal cases on the podcast but it's nice to delve into it every so often so i'm very excited and apparently paranormal cases with us are a bit like buses you know you wait forever for one and then two come along at once so that's good yeah yeah, exactly i guess exactly that will <laughs> um bring our our grand total of paranormal cases up to like four in hey that's fine uh quite a few many episodes but speaking of x amount of episodes mm-hmm. surely you must have twigged this i'm going to be very surprised if you haven't realized this what episode number is this just because of no it can't be We've done more than 69, right? No, this is episode 69. Shut up. Is it really? I thought we were on like 70. Genuinely, it is. No, no, this is, uh, yeah, this is episode 69. Episode 68 was last week. Just like true life, I'm leading on the 69. It's it's the only thing that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it fell into place when I realized I was like, I'm so happy it's yeah. not, a, not a dom so this week. It's only right that Amy's leading it this week. I did not realise, but I'm very, very happy. I, it's honestly, I'd like I'm, to thank my mum and and you, Dom, and the Your academy. Um, and I'd also, oh yeah, maybe not my mum actually. When we're talking about sixty nine, um, not yeah, necessarily that's... thanking my mum for that. It's a bit weird. Uh... Are you thanking your mum to? Like, uh, that she gave birth to you so that you could? So that I could have like, 69. I don't yes. know what you're thanking your mum. Yeah, I and don't that, know. Me neither. I mean, it's not the sort of thing I think she'd want to be thanked for. Like, I, I don't think she wants to think about it. But anyway, I'm digging myself into a hole that I'm, I'm going to struggle to get out of. So maybe we should just, you know, kick off the episode instead. Let's move away from the you idea didn't... of 69s and onto the idea of demonic possession, shall we? Yes, though you didn't thank Jesus. Everyone thanks Jesus in their speeches, and you didn't thank Jesus or God. Uh, yeah, strange that. But I don't think 69s and sexual acts are God and Jesus' department, to be honest. A, A, at Jesus, Jesus ate ass. Jesus ate ass, and then he judged people for it, like he's a hypocrite. And then he put it in his own book that it was against the the rules. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it was like, I don't want other people to start doing it and think it's cool. This is my thing. Eating ass is bad, guys. Don't eat ass. Yeah, (laughs) uh, that is what Jesus is known for. You know, just the crucifixion and eating ass. That is his, those are his two main things. That's why he came back from from the dead. Because he was like, I need to, (laughs) so... (laughs) Oh my god, religious groups are gonna cancel us. We should we oh, should stop. Yeah, we're definitely definitely <laughs> getting cancelled. Yeah. I'm sure Jesus was a very nice guy and had nothing to do with anyone's anus ever. Um that's why he had, you know, <laughs> those twelve mates that were always round. Anyway, uh, yeah. let's move on. Yeah. Um <laughs> let's talk about demonic possessions. I have got no less Dom, no less than four. Four different cases of demonic possession that were all just different from the last. Um, I thought rather than do one big old case, we'd do four little 
four little niblets, you know, so we can have a nice little break in between. Just digestible okay. demons, I think, is the tagline for this episode. Digestible your, your demons. Your monthly dose of digestible demon. It's a smorgasbord of demons. It really got is. Going on. Great use of the word smorgasbord. I love it. Let's talk about demonic possessions. Are you ready for our first of the four cases? Yes. Yes. 100%. Let's, let's get demon heavy up in here. The first one is my favorite. Um, and it will become apparent toward the end as to why that is. Um, but it okay. is, it's a, it's a good one. It's kind of a, it's a kickstarter for me. So we'll get into it. Um, our first case is that okay. of Roland okay. Doe. Um, in the late 1940s in the United States, priests of the Roman Catholic Church performed a series of exorcisms on an anonymous boy um, documented under the pseudonym Roland Doe or Robbie Mannheim. The 14-year-old boy was the alleged victim of demonic possession and the events were recorded by an attending priest, Raymond J. Bishops. In December 2021, um, The Guardian reported that the true identity of Roland Doe slash Robbie Mannheim, whatever you wanted to call him at the time, um, was Ronald Edwin Hunkler. I think it's how you say his last name. Sorry if I butchered that. Um, who passed away on May the 10th, 2020. So we know who he was since, but we didn't know who he was at the time. Yeah. Roland was born into a German Lutheran family and was an only child. He relied on the adults of his household as playmates um, and was primarily close to his aunt Harriet, who was a spiritualist. And when asked, she taught Roland how to use a Ouija board. Hello, welcome to Cliché of Demonic Possession number one. Why would you teach? Don't mess with Ouija boards. Why would you teach I mean, them how to use one? Classic Fallen in Reverse song, but also... You've got to bear in mind that the Ouija board was never actually meant to be some sort of demonic tool. It was never meant to be anything dangerous. In that is Victorian true. times, I believe it came out in um, that is true. sort of 18 something from memory. It was just meant to be like a, um, you know, a, a toy, a, a kid's game. It was just meant to be, yeah. you know, a bit of fun, contact yeah. inside. Ha, ha. Um, and then it obviously became a lot worse and a lot, you know, connected to possessions and and god and yeah. bad stuff so now it's got a bit of bad rep but nonetheless aunt harriet yeah. good old aunt harriet taught roland how to use the ouija board um supposedly aunt harriet's death was when the family first started experiencing strange noises um furniture moving of its own accord and ordinary objects such as vases or cutlery flying or levitating when the boy was nearby the family turned to their Lutheran pastor, whose name was, again, one that I'm going to absolutely butcher, um, but his name was Luther Miles Schultz, I think. Um, they turned to him for help. I did it, right? Was it okay? I think it was okay. Yeah, that's, that sounded, I mean, that sounded fine to me. I was expecting you to whip out some mad German surname that's incomprehensible, but I, mean, I that think sounded, it's because of the spelling. Pretty... <clears throat> Maybe. The spelling is like Maybe. S-C-H-U-L-Z-E, which I think is Schultz, right? I would say that's Schultz. Yeah, that's, what I, that's, how, I would, that's how I would look at that, is Schultz. Yeah, Any Germans Schultz listening? Well, can we're you, going with it. Can you, can you say if Help we're us. correct or not? 
help us with our yeah, German. If you're listening, please, Germans, please save us. Mein, um, mein, camp? mein Deutsch, mein Camp. Oh my God! Right. Well, we've just we've just lost our. Hang German on. Listener, All it means listener. is my struggle. Well, it's yeah, my struggle with pronouncing German names. Please do That's come back, camp, German. So I'm going to Cologne in November. Please, don't. please come listen to our podcast. Oh God. Okay. Um, this is going. You know, this is going really well. I've been talking <laughs> talking about thanking we're my mum for a sixty nine, and now I'm insulting Germans. Brilliant. We're also not we're also not endorsed by Mike Kampf either. Just <laughs> just to clear up any confusion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. That. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> they turned to Schultz for help. Um, he was very interested in parapsychology, so Schultz arranged for the boy to spend a night in his home in order to observe him. When another parapsychologist, Joseph Banks Ryan, learned that Schultz claimed he witnessed household objects and furniture seemingly moving by themselves, Ryan wondered if Schultz, quote, unconsciously exaggerated some of the facts, obviously because he was so keen to believe in parapsychology and to believe that mm. this kid was possessed. He did wonder if he maybe, you know, mm. made it up a little just to get a bit of clout, demonic clout. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I get it. I get it. I, I would probably be a bit... Cool. Like, there would be a healthy scepticism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but obviously, neither of them could absolutely rule out possession. Um, so, Schultz mm. advised the boy's parents to, quote, see a Catholic priest. Um, that Catholic priest would turn out to be Edward Hughes, who would perform a number of exorcisms on the young boy. Um during the first of these exorcisms, the boy alleged, allegedly, sorry, can't speak, allegedly slipped out of one of his hand restraints, broke a bed spring from under the mattress and used it as an impromptu weapon, slashing the priest's arm and resulting in the first exorcism ritual being halted um, because he, you know, managed to cut the major vein on the priest's arm and yeah. blood was spurting everywhere. So they kind of had to cut yeah. that one short, unsurprisingly. Man is that, yeah, pretty. Is, I mean, is, slipping is an arm straight and ripping a bed spring out <laughs> for a 14 right. year old boy. Look, I'm, I've had, I've had enough. I've, I've, I've had enough. Ripping I wasn't in the mood out. for an exorcism today. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I've got important things to do, and you've just chained me to the bed. Like, I've, I've had enough of this. <laughs> Where's the spring? Yeah. Where's the spring that I can grab? Get, get me the jabby, jabby spring spring. I'm, I'm out of it. Get me the jabby jabby spring spring. <laughs> After the first attempt, um, two priests visited the boy um, in the home of a relative where they reportedly witnessed a shaking bed, flying objects, and the boy speaking in a guttural voice and exhibiting an aversion to anything sacred. So the cross, holy water, etc. Et this one was also unsuccessful. The boy continued to suffer convulsions and, you know, all sorts of horrible stuff happening to him. Um, so obviously, because if one priest hasn't worked and two priests hasn't worked, then why not try it again with three priests? Um, so they did it again with three different priests, all Catholic. Um, one of whom reported that during this next exorcism attempt, um, words such as evil and hell, along with other various marks, appeared on the teenager's body. Allegedly, during the litany of the saints portion of the exorcism ritual, which is the bit, if you're not up on your exorcism, right? 
is the bit that is included in most films, you know, in the name of the Father, or the Son, or the Holy Ghost, I condemn thee, that old mm-hmm. bit. Um, it's that bit. Um, the boy's mattress began to shake. He was still convulsing violently during this whole bit, so much so that at one point he broke one of the priest's nose during the process. One of the priests, whose name was Halloran, again, struggling to say that one, but Halloran, um, told a reporter that after the rite was over, the anonymous subject of the exorcism went on to lead a, quote, a rather ordinary life. Um, So that final exorcism worked, the one with three priests. Apparently that's the magic number. That was the one that got rid of the demon um, after what was something pretty horrific. Wow. But they managed to do it. Good yeah, things. It was successful. Good exorcism. things come in threes, don't they say? Do they say? I don't know. Is that or is a thing? it bad things come in threes? I don't know. I mean, I something way, comes in threes. It may be good or bad. Um, something does come in threes. What wasn't this the inspiration for The Exorcist? Well done. Yes, it was. That bit at the start where was. I was like, I need to include this one. This is the reason why. Um, yep. It's my favorite case because it is the inspiration for the book, um, The Exorcist, and therefore the film, The Exorcist. Um, yeah. Obviously, in the movie, it was a girl. In the book, it was a girl. Um, but yeah, this is the, when it comes up at the start of The Exorcist based on true events, these are the true events of which they were speaking. Um, I love The Exorcist. It is the very first horror movie I watched when I was 11, and it's the reason that I got into horror movies, so... I had to include this one first just because it just inspired one of my favourite things. I'm pretty sure it was my first horror film at like 10. So yeah, I'm pretty sure I watched it pretty much the same age as you. And I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure it was my first one. I don't know if at the time that was a wise decision. (laughs) Probably, I probably should have gone with something just a little bit less intense than, yeah, let's whack on The Exorcist, (laughs) 10 years old. Let's yeah, see fine. some levitating demon shit. <laughs> so mine was a classic this case. Not, this is going <laughs> to... Mine was a classic case of young girls at a sleepover want a scary movie to watch. So there was about 10 of us, all about, you know, sort of 10, 11 years old. And we got this movie out and, you know, our parents didn't know that we had it. You know, it was an 18 and it was very... I mean, obviously, The Exorcist is horrific in places. It's not very well shot now in comparison to today's standards, but you know, scary movie. And, uh, you know, we're all gathered around. We put this movie on and we got about, you know, we got through the first part of the horror movie where everything's relatively normal because you're getting into a full sense of security. Yeah. And then as soon as we started getting to the scary bit, one by one, all of these girls were just sort of dropping off and going into the other room. And then by the end of this movie, I'm literally sitting on my own in this sort of conservatory watching The Exorcist just by myself. Because I was absolutely obsessed with it. I just found it so fascinating. I was like, this is incredible. Um, And it wasn't until many, many, many years later that I told my mum about it. And I said, the first time I saw The Exorcist was on pretty much on my own um, at 11 at, at like, a friend's sleepover. And she went, that's pretty crazy. Because the first time I saw The Exorcist, which was when it came out at the cinema, um, she snuck in as a 13-year-old and watched it on her own. Oh, really? I was like, it's pretty cool. Bloody hell. That's pretty cool that we've both managed that, to watch it by ourselves. That's pretty, that's pretty badass, to be fair. No, that's cool. It definitely 
it definitely does lull you into a full sense of security though because i remember when i was when i watched it i was like i was bored a little bit at the start because i was like okay i I was like this this seems this seems really tame like and then just out of nowhere it just gets ramped up to like 100 and i was just like oh my god oh yeah yeah i can imagine that Ah! when it came out was just so intensely terrifying because there are bits in that movie that you just think oh wow are they allowed to do this like is this yeah this is allowed to be on tv it's pretty horrific um but great movie and also the exorcist believers i think it's called or believing i can't remember um but yeah that movie is is coming out soon that's that's pretty exciting is that the is that a remake or is that like a it's not a sequel is it is it is it a, a remake or a reimagining no, or whatever i think it's i don't think it's any of those to be honest i think it's connected because it has some of the characters from the exorcist in it um but i don't think it's a remake oh, because okay. it's there's two girls in this one as opposed to you know just reagan in the first one there's two oh. girls and they're sort of connected um whether it's by the same demon, I don't know. Obviously, the film's out. Yeah, I haven't seen it. But yeah, yeah. it seems um, slightly different. But it, the trailer, I definitely recommend watching the trailer. It looks... looks okay. Yes, I am a little I, bit biased, but it looks amazing. I haven't watched the trailer. Um, I, I need to I need to give it a, a shout. I need to give it a, a look. Um, it's, it's being done by Blumhouse, isn't it? Is it yes. Blumhouse? Blumhouse, however, however that's pronounced. Yeah, Blumhouse. Which... Gives yeah. me some As is the because... Five Nights at Freddy movie, which is a bit weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing they announced the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. I've never played yeah. the game, so I don't know how legit terrifying it is. I can imagine they can make the it... movie pretty pretty scary. This jump scares. It's, I mean, what's actually happening isn't that oh, scary, is but there's a lot of jump scares in Five Nights at Freddy's, and I think that's probably yeah. why they thought it would make a good movie, which... It may well do. The trailer didn't look like terrible. I don't know how we've gotten onto movies from this, but um, yeah. That anyway. This is The Exorcist, um, and that was <laughs> that case was the inspiration for The Exorcist. Um, our next case, our second case, is completely different and about. Okay, I'm not not great at maths. I'll be honest. I'm not not incredible at it. But I'm going to go for about four hundred years prior to. The Roland Doe case. I think. Okay, bloody hell. Don't quote me on it. Maths is hard. But that case is that of Nicole Aubrey. Um, Nicole Aubrey, um, or Aubrey, however you pronounce it, um, was a young married French woman, 15 or 16 years of age, who was publicly exercised in 1566 in the French city of Lyon. Um when I first read this, I was like, holy shit, she's 15 and married. But then I think at that time, that was just normal. Yeah. I mean, what? The life expectancy was probably like 30. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Being generous. This is very like, true. Um... You, to be fair, getting married at, <laughs> getting, married at fi- getting married at 15 is probably, he's probably in, uh, in the, the prime of his life by that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. And they're probably on the shelf if you've gone past 17. So that's fair. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. 
The town of Lyon was being ravaged at this time by a religious war between the Catholics and the Huguenots, and Aubrey would become a pawn in the battle with both sides claiming very different things about her exorcism. In November 1565, um, Aubrey became very, very sick. She was unable to eat, um, and she claimed to be possessed by an evil spirit that she thought was the ghost of her deceased grandfather. Her family obtained the services of a Dominican priest, whose name is Pierre de Lamotte, who attempted to exorcise the young woman. Um, he did a pretty good job, to be honest. He rid her of a number of demons. Um, apparently, she was possessed by a lot more than one. Um, but the main one that she was possessed by, the chief demon, who identified himself to Delamotte as Beelzebub, the prince of the Huguenots, refused to leave um, Aubrey, and he said he would only leave if he could speak to, well, none other than the Bishop of Leon, the highest religious figure in the town. He was, yeah, he was pretty demanding, right. this chief demon. He, want, he wanted only the best. Yeah. Not, not, some, not some church guy. No, he wants to go right to the top. He's like, I want the big boss. Otherwise, otherwise I'm not interested. Just give me the big boss. Or you got nothing. Yeah. You need to acknowledge my superiority over these other shitty demons that you've already cast out. I want, you know, I want someone with a big pointy hat. Yeah. Well, Beelzebub, if that's who he was, got his wish. Um, On the 4th of January, 1566. Oh, this is another name I'm going to absolutely butcher. Um, But... Bishop Jean de Boers, Jean de Boers, um, arrived, um, but was unable to exorcise the demon. He couldn't get rid of him either. He did, however, have another go at it on the 29th of January. Um, and instead, this time he made it a bit of a bigger deal. He, um, he got together a procession, which he led to the Cathedral of Lyon. Uh, where the demon engaged in a theological discourse with the bishop. They had a good old chat, him and the demon. The <laughs> demon alleged that the <laughs> Huguenots were cruel and infidel, that they stole the communion wafer, cut it up, boiled it, and burned the pieces. Um, according to Beelzebub, the Huguenots How? could do more evil to Jesus Christ than the Jews had ever done. That's a direct quote from the demon there. How dare they steal how could they the wafer it's also a bit of a weird cool. thing for a demon to be offended by yeah it is a little i'm not gonna lie like, <laughs> of all the things demons i thought didn't really like jesus yeah <laughs> they like wafers a bit of a weird one i love wafers they're my favorite especially the little ones you get in ice cream don't care um, about jesus that's not the same <laughs> i've just compared <laughs> ice cream wafers to the body of christ sorry you know, if anyone religious is what, listening, I do apologise, obviously. You're gonna, it's very important. You're going to compare bloody something else to the to the blood of Jesus now. Red Bull. Red Bulls. Jesus. At services, I'm they're so now going to just serve people Red Bull. Be like, this is the this is the blood of Christ. It'll get you wired. So, <laughs> Red Bull and ice cream know, wafers. Just go easy on it. Red Bull and ice cream wafers. I would go to commune Perfect. if there was Red Bull and ice cream wafers on a uh, on. Hey, on I'll the, go anywhere. There's Red Bull. The offering. I mean, I'd be there for the ice cream wafers, not so much the the Red Bull, but I'd be there for the ice cream wafer. Like, yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll take that. 
That's fine. You have the way. You have my wafers. I'll have your Red Bull. I'll have extra blood. You have extra body. <laughs> I'll have like the actual blood of Christ. Um, you can have the Red Bull. Okay. Uh, what the wine? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you meant like the actual blood of Jesus. That's what I will settle for. No, no. less than his legit blood. What what is this Merlot shit you put in my I want I want the actual you get the actual blood of Christ. I don't want this Shiraz. You get me uh, his blood. <laughs> get me his blood. <laughs> I don't care how much you've blessed it, alright? <laughs> Good girl. Oh dear. <laughs> so yeah, Beelzebub was very upset with the Huguenots for, you know, doing all of these things to Jesus and to the Holy Communion. He wasn't very happy. Okay, he didn't, you know, evacuate this poor young girl on the 29th of January, though. It took daily processions to the cathedral right up until the 8th of February. On the 8th of February, the, Jeez. quote, miracle of Leon occurred. And the bishop, 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 the bishop, the bishop, bishop. held up the Holy Eucharist Big and up. drove <laughs> the remaining demons from Aubrey's body. So it took one final Eucharist in front of. The whole yeah. town in the cathedral to get rid of Beelzebub. Something tells me yeah. that perhaps Nicole Aubrey was a Catholic and she was claiming to be possessed by a demon. Sorry, let me start again. Nicole was a Catholic who was claiming to be possessed by a demon um, so that she could mm. blame all of these horrible things on the Huguenots who she was obviously against. That's just me being sceptical. Maybe she was possessed by a demon. Who knows? I mean, it's a... But it seems like, it's you know, maybe she wasn't. I, I, yeah, like it's, it's, a fair, it's a fair theory. It's a fair theory. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm a, a particular believer in possessions, to be honest, but I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe the person, maybe they're all legit. Who knows? I mean, if she was possessed by a demon, it's very convenient that she was able to be possessed by a demon that was so against her opposing religious party. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, but those are the first two of our demonic possessions, Dom. How are we feeling so far? Are you convinced? Are you, you know... Do you think you might be possessed? Do I need to call someone? Do I, I wake up every morning and I ask myself this question. Am I possessed? Is today the day? <laughs> Is today the day that that I'm going to get possessed by like four separate demons and it's just going to be a wild old time? Like, it's, inter like, it's interesting. I, I do find stories, cases of possession, however you want to frame it, I do find them quite fascinating. Like paranormal stuff in general, I find interesting. Like regardless of whether I believe it, believe in it or not, it's it's intriguing to listen to. And I didn't know that much about the Roland Doe one, so that was nice to listen to because I, I just knew that it was the inspiration for the Exorcist. I didn't really know much other than that. And obviously, the second one I had no idea about. Um, so no, very interesting, very interesting first two. I'm very excited to hear about the last two very very excited 
Good. Well, if you're still skeptical, then maybe my next two cases will will convince you. Um, we shall see. But first, let's take a little break. Ghost stories are always scarier when they're told by the very people who experienced them. Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. And we're the hosts of the Homespun Haints podcast. We talk to people just like you who have come face to face with ghosts, demons, haints, and other strange paranormal phenomena. All of it makes for a chilling good time. So grab yourself a sweet tea, turn off the lights, and listen to some eerie, true ghost stories on Homespun Haints, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm not scared. Are you? Hey, friends of Horror House, I'm Britt. And I'm Alexa. And we're the hosts of They Don't Stay Dead. We're a paranormal podcast from Australia, and we've made it our mission to share with you all the real-life ghost stories and haunted locations from our home as well as some encounters with supernatural beings and reports of unknown mysteries. From haunted asylums and ghost ships to big cat cryptids and alien encounters, there's something for everyone. We release new episodes every Thursday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out our Instagram at They Don't Stay Dead for weekly updates. We get a little bit spooky and a lot silly. So join us for some laughs and a tale of the unknown. Stay spooky, paranormies. Back to you, Dom and Amy. Welcome back and thank you for joining us for part two of Demonic Possession. Dom, how are you doing after our little break? I am aware that you are desperate for a wee and couldn't go, so how are you feeling? I'm desperate for a wee, as it turns out. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Um, that does That checks out. No, I'm good. Um... I got my I got a drink um instead. I don't know how wise that is considering I need to empty that's what's in my bladder like and I'm adding more what you to want to do. my bladder. But it's fine. It's I need I need the sugar. It's a bottle of Mountain Dew and it's got like forty percent sugar in it and I kinda need it, otherwise I'm probably not gonna last. So <laughs> I might get on a sh- I, this you might this. be like you before you you know, this might be like you when you cram two Red Bulls before a recording. I might be wired on this second yeah. part. <laughs> that's fine. We we can handle that. Yeah, I mean, you have to deal with me being like that all the time. So that's only fair that I should, you know, repay the favor. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, thanks. Cool. Yeah. Wouldn't have you when. Sweet. I wouldn't have you any should other we, way, Ames. Wouldn't have you any <laughs> other way. Um, yeah, all right. Whatever. Cool. Well, just... while you get high off sugar, I'll talk more about demonic possessions and hopefully that will take your mind off the absolute waterfall that's in your bladder right now. Sounds like a plan. Cool. So our third case of demonic possession is that of Michael Taylor. Now, this one's a little bit different because our first two were very successful exorcisms. You know, Roland Doe, he got rid of his demons. He lived happily for another, you know, 60-odd years. Um, Young Nicole Aubrey was cleansed of her demon. She got rid of Beelzebub and went on to live a relatively normal life, although, albeit 1565, it might only have been until 30. Um, This one does not have such a happy ending. Um, So let's dive in and see what Michael Taylor had to go through. Oh, dear. Yeah. 
Taylor lived in Osset in West Yorkshire, working as a butcher in the UK. Um, in 1974, Taylor's wife, Christine, stated to a Christian fellowship group um, to which Taylor belonged that his relationship with the lay leader of the group, Marie Robinson, was, quote, carnal in nature. Mm, that's a very polite way of saying they were getting it on. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Taylor admitted that he felt evil within him and eventually attacked Robinson verbally, um, who screamed back at him. So it was quite a fraught affair, but he was very, uh -huh. um, you know, on edge about it. Um, during the next meeting of the group, Michael Taylor received an absolution, but nevertheless, his behavior continued to become more erratic. As a result, the local vicar called in other ministers experienced in deliverance in preparation to cast out the demons residing within the man. Because obviously you can't just love a bit of naughty sex. You have to be possessed by demons for that to be what you want, clearly. <laughs> He's got the demon in him. I mean, I think it's always a bad thing to have the demon in you, but what do I know? <laughs> well, if you're... If you're... If you if you think they're possessed, it's not a good thing. Well, no, this is very true. Um, the exorcism, which occurred between the 5th and 6th of October um, in 1974 at St. Thomas Church in Gorba, um, was headed by Father Peter Vincent, the Anglican priest of St. Thomas's, and was aided by a Methodist clergyman, the Reverend Raymond Smith. According to Bill Ellis, an authority on folklore and the occult in contemporary culture, the exorcists believed they had, quote, in an all-night ceremony, invoked and cast out at least 40 demons, including those of incest, right. bestiality, blasphemy, and lewdness. At the end, exhausted, they allowed Taylor to go home, although they felt that at least three demons, those demons being insanity, murder, and violence, were still left in him. Right. I mean, okay. if you're casting out demons, okay. I reckon leave lewdness in. You know, just leave that there. Don't yeah. worry about that one so much. Yeah. But maybe focus on getting rid of murder and violence because those ones don't sound great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I personally don't see why you would need to get rid of lewdness if you compare it to yeah. murder. I mean, it's definitely not. For hard. example. <laughs> it's not really a problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know which one I'd rather have. Um, so yeah, they they sent him on his way, thinking or did, suspecting did he, that insanity, murder, and violence were still there. Did he think that like they got rid of the insanity and the violence, and then they were like, "But what about the lewdness? We can't keep the lewdness in there." The oh, lewdness. God no. The lewdness. That would be the worst possible thing. Although I am glad they got rid of incest and bestiality because those two things, you know, you're not ideal. Yeah. No. Don't. Yeah. It's, don't keep it in the family and don't go shagging animals because those two things aren't aren't good. They're problematic. It's it's not okay. Um, but they did make sure, no. obviously, to get out blasphemy because you can't take the Lord's name in vain. You you just can't. That's Easily up there with murder. Right. Yeah, if that to say, taking the Lord's name is is equally as bad as, you know, 
having sex with a cow or deciding to kill someone, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but obviously their suspicions of these three demons that have been left inside Taylor were 100% correct. Um, that night when Taylor got home, he brutally murdered his wife, Christine. He attacked her with his bare hands, tearing out her eyes and tongue and almost tearing her face off before deciding that he would also strangle their poodle. He was found by a policeman naked in the street and covered in blood. What did the dog do? Why has the dog got to die as well? God's sake. I mean, maybe that's something to do with the fact that, you know, the bestiality was gone. It was like, well, you know. Oh, well, so he's like, he was so he, he, he was like, I can't shag my poodle, so I'm just gonna go fucking strangle it instead. So I'll kill it instead. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the poodle was just looking at him funny. At this point, the guy is, you know, certifiably off his rocker. Um, when you've almost yeah, torn yeah, your yeah. wife's face yeah, off with yeah. your bare hands, I don't think a poodle is gonna be that high on your priorities list anyway. So, yeah. No. He could, if he really wanted to fuck if... the dog, you could have just fucked a different dog. You didn't have to kill that dog. Yeah, exactly. I mean, don't fuck dogs. But, you know, yeah, you could have done something. Yeah, you, know, you know, yeah, don't. Like... <laughs> I do wonder if the, the people at the church, they like, you know, they were giving themselves a pat on the back after the exorcism. And they were like, hey, guys, come on. We have cast out a lot of demons, at least 40. You know, we, we've done really well. Yes, we left a few in. And yes, some might consider them quite major. But let's be honest, he's been all right up until now. And, you know, he might just go home and have a nice lay down and be fine. And then the next day when old Taylor's found in the street covered in blood and his wife's dead with no face, they've just gone, well, shit, maybe we should, you know, yeah. just stuck out, <laughs> done a bit of overtime. <laughs> Just got those last three out the door, maybe. Whoops. Re- really screwed the pooch on that it's one. Like, My bad. Pardon the pun. It's just like, well, so- someone's going to get fired for this blunder. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, this is, someone's getting a strike one. This, you know, this ain't going to fly. <laughs> so Someone's getting a, a verbal warning. <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> What have I told you about casting out things? All the always, always do murder first. That's point number one. <laughs> we did this in your induction training, for God's sake. They're just going to have to get HR yeah. involved, and oh, it's going to be a right old mess. Absolute disaster. Um. So yeah, he he didn't have a great time. He went home. He killed his wife. Um. Obviously, he was caught and he confessed to it at his trial. Um. Taylor was acquitted on the grounds of insanity. Um, he was sent to Broadmoor Hospital, which is a, a very famous prison slash mental institution here in the UK, um, for two years. And then he spent another two years on a secure ward in Bradford before being released. Just four years. Oh, four okay. years, you know. That's good. Being looked after. And then they That's, were like, do um... you know what? Those demons that are still inside you, you're probably fine. Jesus. Off you pop. Yeah, let's let's let this well balanced man back into society. I'm sure nothing could go wrong. Great plan. Uh, it'll be it'll be 
he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, just, it's just only three tiny little demons. Just, just make sure the dogs are at, uh, are at home and not wandering the streets. And then it will be good. It will be yeah. fine. Hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your dog. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that's the um story of Michael Taylor. Not such a happy ending. He was certainly not someone that was successfully exercised, I'm afraid. No. Yeah, that that was uh that won't be in the uh how to exercise one oh one manual anytime soon, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I think if anything, what I've learned is if you're going to exercise someone, just go all the way. Make sure that you've done the whole thing, that all the demons are gone. Um, yeah. You know, don't do a part yeah. job. This isn't something you're going to want to half-ass. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you no. might end up without a face. No. Exactly. Like, you can't pick and choose the demons that you possess. <laughs> you either possess all of them or none of them. <laughs> there is no in-between. <laughs> yeah. There really isn't. Um, which brings us on quite nicely to our, our very final case, um, that of Anna Eklund, um, which was actually a pseudonym for Emma Schmidt, um, who was born on the 23rd of March, 1882, and passed away on the 23rd of July, 1941. She was a American woman whose alleged demonic possession and exorcism, uh, I can't say it, exorcism, Exorcism. Um, <laughs> that's when you're doing it on the sly, like in a back alley. Hey, do you, do you, do you want an exorcism? <laughs> I'll just get rid of those demons, see? Um, I, I don't know why this is during Prohibition. Um, I don't know I what's happening. Um, <laughs> prohibition exorcisms. Prohibition exorcism I see you got with the your hooch. friendly neighbourhood 1930s <laughs> Oh dear. Oh, fucking hell, we've lost it. It's, we've gone off the rails. Um, what was I even saying? She was an American woman <laughs> whose alleged demonic possession and exorcism occurred over several decades, um, culminating in an extensive exorcism that lasted from the 18th of August to the 23rd of December, 1928, in Erling, Iowa. Over two months she was being exercised for, which is, I mean, that's a fucking long time. That's a big old demon. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Big old, that's a big boy. That's a big old boy. That is... God damn. That's a monster. (laughs) Eklund was said to have exhibited... I can't speak. Eklund was said to have exhibited symptoms akin to possession beginning at age 14 and was 46 years old during her final exorcism by Father Theophilus Reisinger, who was a Roman Catholic priest. Yeah, we'll go with that. That sounds right. I can't do the maths. Well done. For 14 away from 46. 22 years? Tw- no, 32 years. 32 years she was possessed. That's a long time to be possessed. It's a long time to have the demons in you. I'm not going to lie. Have extra sap the demons. Um, Yeah, it's it's definitely (laughs) not ideal. Uh, (laughs) She reportedly began exhibiting signs of possession during her adolescence, um, demonstrating revulsion of holy objects, disturbed thoughts, and an inability to enter churches. Um, 
That sounds a lot like me, if I'm being honest, but we'll just skim past that. Eklund also yeah. began to take part in unspeakable sexual acts. I mean, it's still not, not sounding like sounds... me, you know what I mean? <laughs> are, you sure this isn't, are you sure this isn't your case? Yeah, it's actually just confession time. Um, I'm possessed. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm not obsessed. I'm not obsessed. Please don't. Please don't exercise me for a month. I don't know. I'm, I'm okay. I mean, you're four out of four according to this list. I'm I'm down with my demons. It's fine. I'm okay with it. I, if you don't want rid of them, then what's the point? <laughs> um, according to an account published in 1935, the believed source of Eklund's possession was her aunt Mina, a reputed local witch who placed spells on herbs for food she prepared. Mina was purportedly also the lover of Eklund's father, so he was her aunt, but oh, sorry, she was her aunt for having an affair with her father, and potentially a witch. So maybe that was why she was possessed. Um That's an interesting on family. June the eighteenth, nineteen twelve, um Eklund underwent an exorcism by Father Theophilus Reisinger. I don't know why I've made myself say that name so many times, but there we go. Um, who was a Capuchin priest originally from Bavaria in Germany. Reisinger had been a monk at the community of St. Anthony's in Marathon, Wisconsin. Little... Don't start again. <laughs> Sorry. Um, little was documented concerning this initial exorcism. However, Eklund was not consulted for over two decades after 1912. So she had her first exorcism and then... No one went back to her. No one helped her or tried to help her again um, for over two decades, right. over 20 years. So she was possessed for 32 years, but that was mostly because no one tried again after the first <laughs> no time. One, no one followed up. No, I mean, she just didn't go That's... in for a checkup after the first one. Yeah. Bloody hell. Um, That's great exorcism work, team. Good, good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. It's like when... <laughs> The doctor's like, hey, take two of these and call me in the morning. And then you just don't call in the morning. How are you supposed to know if the demons are gone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, they, the priests are probably like, it's been, it's, it's been a, when was the last time we heard from, from this woman? Did she come in? Did she come in? How long has it been? It's been 20 years. And they're probably just like, okay, so she's fine. Demons are gone. No issues. It's all good. Yeah, she'll be good. It's all good. No, no one's just dealing with demons for 20 years. Um, in the summer of 1928, Reisinger was again consulted to perform a second exorcism on Eklund. Um, Father Joseph Steiger of Erling, Iowa, um, a friend of Reisinger, suggested the exorcism be undertaken at a convent owned by the Franciscan sisters in Erling. Ex Eklund sorry, was taken to the convent on August the 17th, 1928. And reportedly exhibit, exhibited, oh, I really can't speak to them, so sorry. Reportedly exhibited numerous symptoms, um, including falling into fits of rage over food that had been sprinkled with holy water and hissing like a cat. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think if someone like poured water all over my food, I don't think I'd be particularly pleased either. I mean, it's only sprinkled, and it is holy water, so. I mean, I, I don't, I don't. If it's, if it is, hey, if if it's the the blood of Christ, 
and by that I mean wine, not his actual blood. It would, it, I would be wine. I'd be all right, but yeah. I don't want they like. I don't want to get. I don't want to get my mackies and then someone sprinkles holy water over it. Be like, what the fuck? It's my double cheeseburger, man. What the hell? I don't think they were feeding our mackies. I don't think they're like popping down to mackies KFC wasn't to even sprinkle a thing in in no nineteen no, whatever true. this was. Um. With the help of the sisters of the convent, the exorcism began on August the 18th. Um, the exorcism was reportedly violent, with Eklund levitating, howling, and hanging from the frame of a doorway. The first session lasted from August the 18th until August the 26th, and a second session occurred between September the 13th and September the 20th, followed by one final eight-day session that lasted from December the 15th to December the 23rd. So three pretty long, at least week-long, sessions of exorcism to try and get rid of whatever demon it was that was inhabiting her at the time. Now, as you can probably imagine, this took a bit of a toll on poor Anna Eklund's body. Um, She refused to consume food, and she was also vomiting some sort of foul debris that looked like what appeared to be tobacco leaves. Um, her head, okay. lips, and face reportedly swelled, and she was also suddenly able to speak multiple languages that had previously been unknown to her. The exorcism was reportedly so gruelling and Eklund's behaviour was so violent that several nuns in the order were asked to, or sorry, had asked to be relocated to a different convert convent because they you know couldn't believe what they were seeing bloody hell nuns were the nuns were just yeah like, right, right. I'm, I'm i'm a head out i'm, I'm gone uh I, I'm, I'm not yeah, I'm, I'm not all good this isn't for me <laughs> i need to I need to leave this is not for me <laughs> this is my letter of resignation yeah i want to transfer thank you <laughs> i'm out also they refer to it don't they when also, nuns um want to go enjoy a convent go on no, no, you, you carry on. That when nuns want to go and join a convent, they refer to it as the calling. Um, so maybe this was like uh, Jesus calling back yeah. and just being like, actually, do you know what? Don't worry about it. Yeah. This is, Jesus is like being like, don't go to his. No, no, no. Come to my, come, come, come over. Come over here. We have cookies. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> literally we have anywhere things. else. One, one thing I also know now is. If I want to learn multiple languages, instead of like, you know, going on Rosetta Stone, for example, or, or some other language, I, I'm just going to, so I just need to get possessed. And then I'll be like fluent in like five different obsessed. languages. Cool. It's cool. way faster and probably cheaper, demons. to be honest. So yeah, just get possessed. <laughs> That's Demons, I need to know German by November. Uh, could you, could you come help, help, uh, help a brother out, please? Thank you. I'm on a deadline. Hurry up, possess me. I'm on a deadline. <laughs> Granted, I know that. I know that. Oh dear. You just as as long as I say things aggressively, I think I'll be fine. Because the German is a yeah. Anyone language. will believe it as long as you say it with enough conviction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Eklund was believed to be possessed by Judas Iscariot. I think we all know that name. Um, as well as Jacob, her own father, who had cursed her with the help of his lover, her aunt Mina, for refusing his incestuous sexual advances during her adolescence. Um, during the exorcisms, Eklund also spoke in a high falsetto voice 
which Reisinger interpreted as that of her aunt Mina. So they reckon that not only was she possessed by Judas Iscariot, you know, the biggest betrayer of Jesus Christ, she was also possessed by her own dad and her aunt because, you know, let's keep it a family affair. Yeah, that that's wild. Like, I'm, pos- I'm going to possess you because you wouldn't have an incestuous relationship with me. It's like, okay. Um, thanks, yeah. Dad. Cool. There's <laughs> one parting gift from the afterlife. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Jesus. take over. Literally, yeah, literally, That's Jesus. <laughs> yeah, where were you on that one, Jesus? Really dropped the ball there. Thanks, mate. Um, on <laughs> December 23rd, the final day of the exorcism, Father Reisinger commanded the demons in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, to depart to hell. Eklund collapsed on her bed and began to shriek, Beelzebub, Judas, Jacob, Mina, followed by hell, hell, hell. At that point, she opened her eyes and then spoke in her own voice and said, quote, My Jesus mercy, praised, praised be Jesus Christ. And with that, she went back to normal. Um, Reisinger's exorcism was reportedly successful and after that point Eklund only exhibited milder and quite manageable possessions after it which I think is considered successful just having the odd little possession afterwards apparently is fine what constitutes a milder and manageable possession or just the occasional like outburst of demonic demonic tongue or something on the over the dinner table it's just like oh sorry sorry that was that was sorry oh, that was my minor possession just sorry sorry <laughs> yeah i mean i can only assume it's akin to like demonic tourettes um and as long as it's you know pretty quick and over with demonic quite fast tourettes. then it's fine <laughs> just at the at the dinner table just she outbursts just like your mother sucks cocks in hell sorry 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 guys. Sorry, I'm so sorry. It happened again. Can you pa- can you pass like, can you or like can you pass the beef? <laughs> uh, yeah, like just occasionally <laughs> when she loses focus, she just like sneezes and goes, you know, there's a, like a minor possession after that and then she's fine. It's all good. <laughs> oh dear, that's funny. But <laughs> yeah, those are our four cases of demonic possession, quite different every time. Um, but what do we reckon, Dom? Load of old bullshit? Um, or were they <laughs> maybe just mentally ill? Or were they actually possessed by demons? Was this real? Was, you know, the minions of hell inhabiting their bodies for a short amount of time? What do we think? As the deeply religious person that I am, the good Christian boy. Oh, oh of course. Um... Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I was, I was in the, I was in the school choir. Don't you know? I was a good Christian boy when I was a kid. So yeah, you keep I... saying, and yet no videos have surfaced. <laughs> oh dear. Um, to be honest, I don't even know if there are photos or videos of me in the choir. To be honest, um, but I, I, we know. Obviously, we know a lot more now about mental illnesses than they did. In like, for example, the early 1900s and even like the 1940s slash 50s. Um, 
So, like, do I believe that people were getting possessed? I mean, I wasn't there. So, for all I know, maybe that was all true. Um, You know, I can't sit here and be like, it's all bullshit um, when I wasn't there to experience the, you know, supposed, you know, levitating and, and the head spinning around 360 degrees and all that stuff. So... Um, Mm -hmm. I would say I don't necessarily believe it was possession only because I'm not the kind of person that would be like, yeah, that's, that's definitely real. That's, that's definitely genuine. Um, I think I'm a bit too skeptical for that, but at the same time, I'm not gonna completely like close the door that it may have been legitimate possessions. It could have been. I wasn't there. I don't know. It what about you? What, there what are you some say? pretty. I I I don't know. I think each of these cases, you could come to different conclusions. Like, for example, with um, Roland Doe, that could easily be down to mental illness. You know, and if the reason that I, you know, sort of partly chose these four cases because I do think you've got different explanations for each one. So. With Roland Doe, I think it's more than likely that there was a lot of hype around what was happening to him. You know, you've got two people that are heavily involved that are looking at his case that are very, very into, you know, parapsychology and they want to believe that this is a demonic possession. So they're, you know, air quotes, seeing things that leads them to that conclusion, you know, a hell appearing on his body, that sort of thing. And if one person says that they see it, another person that wants to believe as well may well also say, yes, I saw it too. So that's one sort of idea there. When it comes to, um, you know, the next case, Nicole Aubrey, there was an underlying reason that it would make things a lot easier if she was possessed by a Huguenot demon a Huguenot hating demon because as a Catholic that would give her fuel to that sort of religious war that was going on in her time so maybe in that case it probably was bullshit but it was bullshit that was designed to you know push an agenda with um Michael Taylor that's got to be mental illness you know there's there's a lot of aggression he's obviously very violent he's you know if he hadn't mentioned the fact that he was possessed by demons, you would just assume that he wanted to kill his wife and, and had, you know, a bit of a screw loose and, and that was it. You wouldn't really come to any further conclusions. The only one that I genuinely am not sure about and therefore think maybe maybe that was a demon, you know, maybe, who knows, is the last case is that of Anna Eklund. Number one, because it went on for so long. And number two, there's one thing when I was reading it that really stuck with me that I couldn't, I just couldn't explain. And that was that she was able to speak multiple languages that she hadn't known before. And so suddenly, like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, um, she didn't have access to materials to be able to learn them. She couldn't speak them before. And yet she was having full conversations with people in those languages and understanding what they were saying. She wasn't just reciting things. She was having actual conversations in these languages. And those sorts of things are very hard to explain. 
you know, other stuff like not being able to consume food, you know, you can refuse food. You know, there's reactions when you when you don't eat, things like swelling, all of those things you can kind of explain away. But magically learning several languages overnight, you can't you can't really explain that. And yeah. and that's what kind of makes me a little bit more on edge. So the reason that I put all of those, you know, reasons in is because I do think they're applicable in different cases and there's only one where I think maybe she did have a demon. Maybe she was possessed mm. for what wasn't a short amount of time. It was 32 years. Maybe there was something yeah. going on. Um, but who knows? We'll, maybe we'll never know. And it, obviously, it depends on your belief system. And there are going to yeah. be people out there that do believe in the paranormal and do believe that you know, demonic possession is a thing that would look at all of those and be like, yeah, that's, that, that's legit. Um, mm. But like you say, there's, there's underlying factors as well that need to be considered. Um, you know, that could be, uh, that could be mental illness. That could be a convenient reason as to why they're possessed. Um, but, yeah. you know, there could also be that small percentage that, you're like, uh, I can't say for sure whether that is legit or not. I can't say for sure whether that was a case of mental illness or whether that was a real case of possession. I think it's open to interpretation, a lot of it. And depending on what you believe, you're going to be like, that's real or that's not real. And there's a logical explanation behind it. Exactly that. We all believe what we want to believe. Yeah. Like I say, maybe, maybe we'll never know. Maybe we'll never know. Definitely in these cases, what was truly going on. Um, but we'll believe the version that helps us sleep at night. So there we go. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, that that was our demonic possession episode. Dom, do you want to see us out? Yes, I will happily see us out. Um, thank you for listening. Um, to this week's episode, a bit different. We don't normally delve into the paranormal side of things but we thought we would change it up a little bit because as much as we love true crime it's nice to talk about something that isn't a horrific murder <laughs> every so often um next week will be also uh, a bit paranormal centered um i'm quite excited to talk about it um it, it's quite a famous case that people are going to know and i think amy's gonna amy's gonna know about it when she hears the intro for sure um but i'm very excited to talk about it okay but if you want to support us i know uh if you want to support us uh there are a, a smorgasbord of ways there are many many ways that you can support our little our little humble podcast um you can give us a rating and a review on apple podcasts or the website you can give us a rating on spotify you can leave us a little message in the q a section on the spotify um show notes you can also um follow us on your podcast app of choice and you can give us a follow on instagram as well uh at horrorhouse underscore pod don't forget we also have a youtube channel so if you want to watch us as well as listen to us um please do please subscribe as well give us a like um it would be greatly appreciated we want to grow the youtube channel so please um please 
please subscribe. Um, and also, there is the Discord server. Um, so, if you want to shoot the shit with me and Amy and debate various puddings, it's a pudding Discord. I don't know how this has happened, but it's, it's a dessert Discord now. Me neither. Just... <laughs> I'm fine with it. It's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, we would love to have you on the Discord. So, so hop on there and come have some fun. Um, we're probably going to do some like live streams and stuff eventually so you can see us in our natural environments not recording see us raw unedited that that sounds way more um i'm gonna move on (laughs) wild spring break (laughs) um if you want to support us financially there is the merch store and there's also the buy me a coffee link um we are still and we for we will forever be struggling content creators. So if you can throw us some coffees, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, but all that's left to say from me, uh, you lovely fucking people, um, is until next time. Li- like genuinely, stay spooky because this has been a spooky episode. So you stay spooky. Stay possessed. Woo! You stay spooky, San Diego. <laughs> stay spooky, San Diego. Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm a bit worried that I am possessed. Uh, after all that. I mean, it would explain a lot. I'm just going to say. It would yeah. explain a lot. <laughs> if anything, I think it would actually make my parents, you know, sleep easier at night if they thought I was, you know, full of demons. <laughs>